Hello and welcome to this week's podcast version of Scripps 5 Must Know Things. This time for the business week ended 15th April 2022. This is Ian Haydock. This time, GSK pursues M&A to boost pipeline. US decision affects Alzheimer's candidates. Boehringer Ingelheim's hopes for Jardiance. Japan looks to rebuild generic supplies and a look at key upcoming trial readouts. GlaxoSmithKline has hit the acquisition trail to buy Sierra Oncology and bolster its late-stage cancer pipeline with the promising myelofibrosis drug Momolotinib. The UK major is splashing out $1.9 billion to get hold of Sierra, with the latter's stockholders receiving $55 a share, a premium of around 39% to the closing price on 12th April. The deal is expected to close in the third quarter. Kevin Grogan writes the drug at the heart of the deal is mobilotinib, an inhibitor of three key signalling pathways, ACVR1, ALK2, JAK1 and JAK2. In January, Sierra reported positive top-line phase 3 results from the Momentum trial, which showed that the therapy achieved significant benefits on myelofibrosis symptoms, anemia and splenic size in patients whose disease had progressed after treatment with JAK inhibitors already approved for the rare form of bone marrow cancer. Among patients in the momolotinib arm, 25% achieved the primary endpoint of a total symptom score improvement of at least 50%, compared with 9% of those in the danazole arm. A filing with the US FDA is expected in the second quarter, and the EU submission is slated for the second half of 2022. Luke Meals, who's GSK's Chief Commercial Officer, said the Sierra deal complements our commercial and medical expertise in haematology, which is headed by Blenrep, the firm's BCMA-targeting antibody drug conjugate, approved in 2020 for multiple myeloma. He claimed that momolotinib offered a differentiated treatment option that could address the significant unmet medical needs of myelofibrosis patients with anemia, the major reason patients discontinue treatment. Ending up in the hands of GSK marks the end of a long and less than smooth journey for momolotinib. Sierra acquired the drug from Gilead Sciences in August 2018 for the bargain price of $3 million up front and up to $195 million in milestone payments. Gilead, which in turn got hold of momolotinib when it acquired Canada's YM Biosciences in February 2013, had tested the drug in Phase 3 but with mixed results. YM acquired the treatment when it bought Australian firm Cytopia in 2010. The deal, which comes ahead of GSK's spin-off of its consumer health division Halion in the summer that will allow the company to spend more on its pharma pipeline and in licensing, has gone down well with the investment community. The US Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services' final national coverage determination for amyloid-clearing monoclonal antibodies does not open the door further for Biogen's Adjuhelm, but it will provide a boost for other Alzheimer's disease candidates. Angie Jackson writes, the national coverage determination maintains CMS's decision to only allow Medicare coverage of products with accelerated approval from the US FDA when Alzheimer's patients are enrolled in clinical trials. However, Medicare coverage will extend beyond trials for anti-amyloid antibodies that gain traditional approval based on full efficacy endpoints rather than surrogate endpoints, and several other drugs are due to generate cognitive and functional efficacy data from large, randomised trials years before Adjuhelm. 
Biogen said in a same-day statement about the 7th April final NCD that this unprecedented CMS decision effectively denies all Medicare beneficiaries access to Aduhelm. Meanwhile, the company's partner Azi, which will no longer participate in Aduhelm commercialization after this year, had a more reserved response, saying that it respects CMS's decision to quickly reconsider Medicare coverage for anti-amyloid therapies once they meet the NCD's coverage with evidence development requirements with quality evidence. Aduhelm received accelerated approval in June last year based on its ability to clear amyloid from the brains of Alzheimer's patients, but has had a rocky launch, including struggles to gain reimbursement under CMS's draft NCD. Azi has now initiated a rolling US biologics license application seeking accelerated approval for its new Alzheimer's candidate, Lacanimab, and plans to complete the submission by the end of the first quarter of its fiscal year, which began on the 1st of April. Lilly also has a rolling BLA submission underway seeking accelerated approval of its amyloid clearing antibody, Donanimab, and it plans to complete the submission this year. Lilly said in a statement given to Scrip that coverage with evidence development in any form is unnecessary, restrictive and inappropriate for Donanimab upon FDA approval. We believe that anything short of full coverage to label for anti-amyloid treatments where the Phase 3 program delivers direct evidence of clinical benefit, as we expect from Trailblazer ALZ2, deprives patients of the access they deserve. Aside from noting its frustration with the final NCD from CMS, Biogen has not indicated what the Medicare coverage limitation will mean for Adjuhelm going forward. The company said it's carefully considering its options and will provide updates as the company further evaluates the business impact of this decision. Already a big seller, Boehringer Ingelheim's Jardiance looks set to become a mega blockbuster as the diabetes drug's expansion into heart failure and very probably kidney disease brings in millions more patients and millions more euros. Sales of Jardiance in 2021 were boosted by significant label expansions which made the SGLT2 inhibitor initially approved in 2014 for diabetes, the first drug in the class to be given the green light for heart failure with both reduced ejection fraction and preserved left ventricular ejection fraction. The Eli Lilly partner drug contributed 3.9 billion euros, which was plus 29% to BI's coffers, and the heart failure approvals will add a considerable amount to that total. Karin Brion, who's head of BI's Human Pharma Business Unit, told Scripps' Kevin Grogan that nearly 7 million patients had been treated with the drug, mainly in diabetes, but also we have started in heart failure as we've got both indications, making Jardiance the first and only drug that has that broad indication. She added that cardiologists are very welcoming and we see a very nice increase in prescriptions in the countries where we have the approval and the reimbursement like the US, Germany and Japan. The challenge facing BI is the positioning of Jardiance, not merely as a diabetes drug with heart benefits, but a treatment that is what Brion describes as a leader in interconnected cardiometabolic renal diseases. It's hard work because you still need to show the data and discuss it, but more and more doctors are prescribing and we see great compliance and satisfaction with the product, so that's good to see. Brion said that BI would publish data in the second half of this year from the 6,600 patient MPAT kidney trial in chronic kidney disease, which was stopped early due to positive efficacy, 
and submit these to regulators towards the end of 2022. The hope is to launch the CKD indication next year to compete with AstraZeneca's same-class rival, Fuxiga or Fuxiga. Traditionally, BI tends to be conservative when it comes to sales forecasts, and Brion was not breaking that mould. I'm not going to say it'll be 6 billion, 8 billion or 10 billion euros, but we are looking for double-digit growth in the years to come, she said. Japanese government and associations of domestic firms are trying to improve quality control and bring back stable distribution to the generic sector. While the country has almost reached its volume share goal of 80% to reduce ever-rising healthcare costs, a supply shortage triggered by quality violations exposed in several generic firms has impacted patients and healthcare providers for over a year. Lisa Takagi writes that Japan reimburses around 13,000 drugs under its national health insurance system, but that the supply of more than 3,000 has been impacted, with 743 of these out of stock by September 2021, according to a report from the Federation of Pharmaceutical Manufacturers Associations of Japan. Although the government has been cautiously monitoring the supply chain and asking generic firms to recover this gradually, 82 products are still out of stock as of 12th April this year, shows a list maintained by the Japan Generic Medicines Association. The confusion in the supply chain started in December 2020, with the contamination of the oral antifungal meek from Kobayashi Kako, with a high dosage of the hypnotic drug Rilmazafern in the manufacturing process. Investigations by Japan's PMDA and the local government triggered recalls of 30 products by Kobayashi Kako, and six drugs from other generics firms for whom the company had been acting as a contract manufacturer. After the incident, a series of investigations of manufacturing plants of generic firms all over the country by authorities ended up exposing violations of GMP by several domestic manufacturers. This led to several plant suspensions issued to major players. GMP violations had already become an issue in the 2010s after several violations were exposed, although the MHLW had tightened regulations on drug manufacturing and quality control. But for companies like Kobayashi Kako and Nichiiko, the pressure to keep their expanding production lines running with low costs run out over compliance, according to investigative reports. The current pricing system and distribution were obviously the distant cause of these serious GMP violations, states a document released in February this year by the Japanese Society of Generic and Biosimilar Medicines, although it condemns the management of the companies involved in the violations. After the series of incidents, both the government and associations of generic firms have made efforts to recover the stable distribution of generics while maintaining quality and safety. Finally, Scrip looks at four prominent drug candidates expecting top-line mid- or late-stage data over the next few months. With the help of BiomedTracker's Q2 Outlook report, Ayesha Sharma takes a look at the assets that could help validate some of the companies developing them from oncology to psychiatry. These include Day 1 Biopharmaceuticals, which expects top-line Phase 2 data for its lead candidate, Day 101, in June. The PAN-RAF kinase inhibitor is under investigation in the Firefly 1 study for paediatric low-grade glioma, the most frequent type of brain tumour in children. The US biotech first got hold of the asset from Takeda in 2020. And phase 1 data suggests it is both safe and efficacious, with no grade 4 adverse events observed. While surgery, chemotherapy and radiation therapy have been used to manage PLGD, there is no specific treatment for this indication. 
Meanwhile, Stealth Biotherapeutics and partner AstraZeneca are anticipating mid-stage data for their ophthalmology candidate, Vilamiprotide. The short peptide is designed to penetrate cell membranes, target the inner mitochondrial membrane and bind to the phospholipid cardiolipin. It is hoped the therapy could produce a functional benefit in dry, age-related macular degeneration. The Phase 2b reclaimed 2 study completed enrolment at the start of 2021, with top-line data expected in the second quarter of this year. The trial is evaluating a once-daily subcutaneous dose of the drug in 180 dry AMD patients with associated extrafoveal geographic atrophy. While the likelihood of approval for this drug class is just 9% according to biomed tracker analysts, these same analysts have pegged elamiprotide as having a notably higher 31.9% likelihood of approval. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. These stories in full are linked in the article accompanying this podcast and represent just a fraction of those published in Scrip last week. Log in to access all of these or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.